What's up, girls? Welcome back to another episode of Call Her Holy. I'm Laura Eldridge. And I'm Nicoletta Bradley. And today, we're coming at you with our 31 and single-year-old girl. hey Talking about 31 things she's learned. And singleness. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really is a unique perspective because I feel like we've both learned a lot of things through our singleness and it's fun having like people say this, but like it's fun having different perspectives of like totally. you're still there and I'm in a different stage and it's cool to just like come together and, you know, provide insight in both of these stages. Yeah, so totally. You posted something on Instagram that was 31 things you learned being 31 and single. And I was like, this would be a great podcast. We should, we should just talk about it because there are a lot of girls who are single and whether you're 22 or 32 or 39, whatever your situation is, 42. I think there is something that we can all band together and and realize like, okay, we're, we're in this together. Some things hurt and some things are really good. So let's just talk about them. Come on. Yeah, I love. So Laura actually gave me the idea of that post. She was like, you should do like 31 things that you've learned being single. I was like, that's such a good idea because I feel like, honestly though, I feel like a lot of the things I've learned have been in the last like two years of my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that ever since my broken engagement, like these are, the core lessons that the Lord has taught me and the things that if you saw that real or not, I actually believe the things I wrote down. Totally. They're not just like 31 things. Like maybe the Lord's teaching me. It's like, no, like literally number one, I believe to my core that Jesus, not my weight is in control of my relationship status. Like, it's just, I don't know. I think that is the biggest lie that we believe if we're still single. I think you had to wrestle to get there too. I think 100%. these are these are things that you've learned through the wrestle because at one point you didn't believe them or didn't know. 100%. And so let's talk about that for a second. So Jesus, not your weight, is in control of your relationship status. You believe this lie that if you were just thinner or whatever that you would look different i think that applies to so many girls they think they would be married if something about them changed and it's like okay why you think you're more powerful than god amen (laughs) i know i mean this is still the lie that i the enemy can get me with the most like if i'm being honest i am so quick on my bad days or my hard days of going well screw it if i just lost a little bit more weight i still wouldn't be single but i feel like what the lord in his kindness is just teaching me he's like do you not know who i am like I'm the one in control. And I actually journaled about this the other day because I was honestly hitting a low point. Like I, if you listen to podcasts, you know that I'm very content in singleness, but doesn't mean that I don't have hard days. And I had a hard day and I just was like, Lord, like I just don't believe that what you created is good today. Full transparency. Mm -hmm. And I felt like he was like, do you not realize that if I want someone to see you, they will. Mm, That's good. Can I ask you a vulnerable question? Yeah. Do you ever feel tempted to go back to eating disorders in order to kind of control like maybe do you just ever feel that temptation? Yeah. Have to fight that. I here's the thing I will say. The enemy whispers that lie a lot, but I have a very clear vision and picture of me going down that path is like getting into a jail cell. Mm. And so there's this part of me that's like I would rather be 10 pounds heavier then be 10 pounds thinner and enslaved. Yeah. And wow. and it's not even an option anymore. It doesn't mean that I'm not tempted. It doesn't mean that I might be like, okay, I think my mind can go to, okay, game plan. Like Enneagram 3, what does success look like? What are the steps I need to take? And it's just something that I'm like, no, we're not doing it today. And I feel like the Lord in the last few years has just been like, trust me with your body. That's good. I'm going to get it to where it's supposed to be. But also, you don't want a guy that looks at your body and says, 
oh, I want to date her because of her body. Yeah. That was the other thing that I feel like the Lord's been teaching me is like, do you not realize that one, I'll give eyes to see you, but two, do you actually want someone to come in and see you because of your body? Or do they want, you want them to come in and see Nicoletta? And that was actually something I prayed right after my 31st birthday is like, Lord, my whole life has been trying to control this body so that I can gain the attention and approval of other people. But Jesus, if you have marriage for me, I'm literally begging you that somebody sees Nicoletta and sees me doing noble, sees me being on mission. And that's why they want to ask me on a date. And, and it's just not like literally my body is the least important thing about me. Yeah, that's good. And for anyone who is gathering and hearing your own lie of like, if I was just successful, if I was just taller, if I if it isn't something physical, if it's something about your personality, you just need to know that God's got you, that God loves you. Mm. And I do feel like there's probably some girls who are struggling with disordered eating right now. We have an episode on that. It's called Does My Friend Have an Eating Disorder? And maybe you need to listen to it to see if you have an eating disorder yeah, and if you have, okay. you know, <laughs> because I think people just really do wake up and think about their body. So anyways, okay, number two. Two, you said breakups can either make you bitter or better. Dude, I heard that one time and I was like, that is so true. Fire. Come on. And like, I know so many girls in my life that their breakups are just making them bitter and they're miserable. They're not leaning into their relationship with the Lord. They're literally saying, God, you're unkind. Therefore, screw you. And I'm going to do whatever the heck I want. Yeah. And I can sit here and say confidently, like I had a broken engagement and it's, the best thing that's ever happened to me because it made me a thousand times better than the girl that I was during that relationship. And so, but it does come down to choice. I feel like you could probably speak to that. Yeah. And I, and, and what I don't hear you say is like, I'm one up being like my broken engagement is worse. Cause I feel like a lot of people are going through breakups and saying like, I thought I was going to marry that person or he said that we were going to get married. Yeah. And then now here you are with this pile of crap that you're like, this is not what I expected. This is not what I planned. And dude, I cannot start over. And it hurts. It just really, really hurts. And I talked with a friend yesterday because she came over and she just was like, I'm just in the pit. Like I'm in the pit and I know other people can like climb out of this easier and I can't. It was a breakup, you know? And so anyways, I got to look at her and say, I went through a deep, 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 like darkness, if you will, after a breakup, simply because I felt I knew in my heart that God was taking me deeper, like allowing me to experience a kind of pain that others aren't going to experience. And so if that's you, you just need to know, like press into that, press into what God wants to teach you through that. I had to learn that God loves me. I had to learn that that's actually what the Bible says. And I learned so much of God's character that I like thrive on today because of that season. So yeah, and I think it just comes down to the season. I mean, it just taught me God's character. Yeah. It just taught me that he's worthy of being trusted. Yeah. And we just recorded an episode on what Noble is. And it's like, because of that breakup is why Noble exists. Because of that breakup is because Caller Holy exists. And I could have had the option to sit here and still be bitter that I have a broken engagement as part of my story or be like, all right, this is what I'm dealing with. Lord, what do you want to do? That's good. Okay. Can I jump to number six? Come on. 30s really are the best years of your life is what you said. Come on. I'm serious. 30 flirty and thriving. Okay, maybe not as flirty as I thought I would be, but like 30 and thriving. Like you just know who you are. I don't know what hit different at 30, but I just felt like the thing that I cared about so much in my 20s just didn't matter. I don't know. Can you speak to that? A hundred percent. It is that. You get less angsty. You know what I mean? You just don't um, care as much about the things that you cared about. Totally. And I've heard people who, and granted, this is like if you're walking with Jesus, you know, deeply abiding. I've heard people say 40s is way better than 30s. And I think we just, yeah, because I think we're just so, and this was coming from a girl who's single and 
just so faithful, but she's settled. She's content. Her name's Melissa Miller. But anyways, I am like, yeah, you, you grow and you just, some of the things that you held on so tightly to yeah. just like fall away and you're like, oh, I'm actually not afraid of who I am. I actually also know who I am yeah. and I'm not nervous around people anymore and I'm not like, yeah, you just, you're more secure. You're just secure and you chill out a little bit. And I think it's like, okay, compared to being 20 and now being 31, like I've had 11 more years of walking with the Lord, which makes me so different totally. that, like, when i now that you're saying that i'm like of course she loves the 40s because she's walked with jesus for 10 more years and like obviously that's going to make you more confident more content more secure than even someone in their 30s like by no means am i perfect but i don't know i just feel like i've talked to so many of my girlfriends who are still single in their 30s just being like dude this is so much better than your 20s don't doubt age y'all like we've got to stop dogging on getting older i know and i'm gonna say it i love you you 25 year olds out there who think that you are going to great, like going gray soon. <laughs> You're young spring chicken. Literally when I hear 22 year olds say like, I'm so single. I'm like, you are so young. <laughs> yeah. But I understand the feeling. I felt like that when I was 22, I was like, Oh, woe is me. I'll never be married. I get it. But you will get on the other side of it and be like, Oh, why was I? <laughs> and praise God that I am 31 and still single. I have like such a different perspective on who I want to marry uh-huh you know exactly I mean? like when so i was 21 true. i was like who's hot and who's making a lot of money and yeah pretty much who's got a good degree in college and who is the top frat dude it is so real listen i am for young marriage but like on a lot of the things i've been posting lately there's there's always at least a couple married people who will chime in and be like I can attest to this 1000% and like yeah. I wish I had this when I was single and it would have drastically helped me in my marriage or even choosing and God is gracious and, and all that. So young marriage is amazing, but not if you're like gallivanting around, not trusting Jesus yet. Come on. Number seven, you said praying boldly and specifically allows you to see God flex more clearly. I have read certain books on just how to hear God's voice. I have done a deep dive on what it looks like to pray bold prayers. And like, I mean, I think one really cool story that I could share is with Noble. I feel like everything that's happened with Noble is because I prayed a bold prayer and the Lord did it. And one specifically, we, so Noble's a nonprofit and we have to have a board of directors. So I asked someone to be on my board. He's like a business typhoon. And he was like, hey, I just like don't have a margin. I woke up on Saturday morning right before a free people run and was like, Lord, you have got to bring someone to mind or you need to bring someone in my path that is good at this skill set and it needs to happen ASAP because my board of directors needs to be submitted like this week. So move and groove. Literally that day, went to my free people run, ran into a girl who was in my old community group. We started to catch up, went on a short walk after. She goes, yeah, my husband like is looking for a passion project. Literally Whoa. asked her that day, would her husband consider? And he is also the very first person I ever told about Noble. He helped me write up a business plan about Noble in the very first stage of even thinking about the idea. And now he was on my board helping me execute business-minded things. But it's like, I prayed so clearly, so specifically, that he even answered within three hours of that prayer. But a lot of times we just pray like, Lord... I pray for my husband and I hope he's great. That's a great prayer. Whatever. What would it look like to pray boldly? Like, Lord, I pray that he comes from a great family with all sisters because I'm all sisters. I don't know. What would it look like to pray? Like, Lord, I pray. Like for me, one of my big bold prayers, like, Lord, I pray that I marry someone that doesn't care about my body. Like someone that 
isn't focused on the physical appearance and also pray i pray that i have someone that eats healthy like that is like really triggering for me someone that's like i love fast food i'll eat fast food every single meal like little things like that which are totally personal preferences but you can ask for that but i can ask for that and if that happens wow god like you heard my prayer and you answered it you're real yeah and i think that's a big thing too is that when you pray bold prayers it also reminds you that god is real that's really good one thing that's really helped me and that i've gotten to share with a lot of people i think we always pray for the end result and we forget to invite god in when you like don't pray for the just the next step like pray for the end result that you're wanting you can also pray for the next step like god i pray that i would meet some guys who are godly and available yeah this week you can pray for the next step or god give me a conversation about x that i'm wrestling with instead of like god resolve this and god like do all these big things yes pray for those but like when you are praying for that next step you can like more clearly see that god is answering and he wants to be involved in the process along the way totally i love it okay i'm gonna let you choose which one you want to do next man i think number eight is when God removes, he replaces. Yeah, unpack that one because I think it can be confusing. Totally. But unpack it because I don't think you mean something that's confusing. Totally. And I think a lot of times you can hear that. It's like, okay, well, if God removes a boyfriend, he'll just replace it with another one. Yeah. No. If God removes, he's going to replace it with something better, but better might be knowing Jesus more intimately. Yes. And so I think that I've heard that be said before and i don't want it to think that it's this magic genie like when god is going to remove he's just gonna give you somebody more attractive more this whatever but it's like no what i've seen when god removed a ring from my finger he replaced it with knowing jesus more intimately yeah he actually made me move and make no money like if you look at that you can sit here and say like god didn't replace it with something better but he did so much better than I can imagine. But oftentimes it's not going to line up with what culture says is extremely attractive or whatever, but it's deeper intimacy with the Lord. And so I think when I say when God removes, he replaces, whether that be a job, whether that be a career, a spouse or not a spouse, like a boyfriend or whatever, like he does replace with something good because he's not a God who removes and then leaves you out to dry. Yeah, I think it's really just coming down to like, do I trust that God is good and God is for me? Because I think sometimes we just think he's a killjoy, just taking everything away from us in life, even when it comes to sin. And it's like, okay, if I let go of this, it's that's a miserable way to think about it. It's not like what you're letting go of. It's what you're stepping into. It's the same kind of principle of like, God really does have good for you. He does have something amazing. Totally. So I think that's good. And I really want to touch on number nine because that was one of the most eye-opening things that I ever realized when I called off an engagement. And so if you're not on my Instagram, it says, after calling off an engagement at 28, getting my dream ring didn't satisfy. It really is just a piece of metal. And I remember, it's funny because that was actually one of the conversations me and my ex-fiance would have a lot is like the ring like what does that look like what do you want and he would always say like it's just a piece of metal pretty much but i think for girls we do want something special like we want to feel chosen it communicates value it's sacrifice like the guy starts off saying i am sacrificing like financially totally but i think that in our culture we i i mean at least for me rings are getting bigger and more extravagant in every proposal 
And I think that we are so quick to be more consumed with the type of ring we have on our finger. Turn it into a competition. Yes. Rather than like, what are you getting with the ring? You're getting a husband and a partner to make the gospel bigger. And I remember when I finally got my dream ring on my finger and I remember looking at it being like, this didn't do what I thought it was going to do. And like, I see rings of my friends now and it's like, they're still pretty, but like, they don't sparkle the way that they did when they first opened the ring box. It is something that is a symbol that I'm taken, but it's not a symbol that I'm better based on the type of ring. So I think just the encouragement is like, don't put too much weight on something that man has created. It's good. Is what I just feel like the Lord has taught me. And if I get the opportunity to be engaged again, like I want a ring that I like, but I think I just care so much less about how big, what color, all the things. Yeah, I think we really are just wrapped up in materialism and we make really godly things ungodly by making them about the wrong things. Totally. Same same with weddings. It's like you want to have the biggest, best, most Instagrammable wedding and it's like, okay, what if your wedding gets canceled and you get married in a hallway because of COVID? Totally. <laughs> AKA <Exactly. me. laughs> AKA, <laughs> AKA me. But like, I remember feeling that stress too and I'm not a stress ball. Like, I, you know me, I don't stress much, but I got stressed during wedding planning because I wanted it to be perfect. I wanted it to be beautiful. And there's something amazing about that. But in general, like I think we do have an over-focus on worldly things and God's like, you're missing it. Do not look to the left or the right. Like look straight ahead. A good soldier, the scriptures say, doesn't get involved in civilian affairs, but is concerned with pleasing his master. And I Mm. think sometimes we just forget that we are fighting a fight, that we have a battle to win, that we have a purpose to to chase and to run after, and we get involved in civilian affairs that really don't matter. So Yeah, that's so good. I love it. Okay, you said go to Italy and eat the dang pasta. Come on, and wear the dang puff sleeves and ruffles. I'm just sitting here like, life is too short. Like, I remember so long, like, oh, like too many carbs or too many calories or boys don't like ruffles or puff sleeves or whatever. It's like, be you. Eat the love pasta. You, you live once. Wear the clothes that you love. Travel where you want to go. Stop worrying about how many calories are in a, the best bowl of pasta you're ever going to eat in your entire life. Enjoy it. Live life to the fullest. Stop waiting for someone to come into your life to, in order to live your life to the full. That's good. This scripture really challenged me. Ecclesiastes 8.15, it says, there's nothing better than for man to eat, drink, and be merry, to enjoy the work that God has given him to do. Sorry, I'm paraphrasing. Totally. But like eat, drink, and enjoy the work that God has given him to do. And I'm like, okay, there is something to God really is honored when we celebrate our lives, when we actually say, I believe this is a gift and I'm going to utilize it for what it's worth. Totally. Without sin. Because then Ecclesiastes goes on to warn you against sin. And there is a way to do that. So I love it. And you are modeling that, taking hold of your life and just living it, girl. I'm so proud of you. Come on. Let's do number 13. Healthy might mean your your body gaining some weight. Yeah. I think that kind of goes into number 14 too, where it says, I'd rather be 10 pounds heavier than smaller and enslaved to food bondage. Mm-hmm. So I think in the last year I've gained around, I don't know, 10 pounds and it's been hard, like full transparency. I think coming from basically a broken engagement, lost a ton of weight. And then I felt like I used or spent a year trying to maintain that weight. Mm -hmm. And then in the last year going, I need to stop striving to maintain this body that is a result of a broken heart. Mm -hmm. And what I learned and what the Lord taught me and actually my word for 2023 has been healthy. Mm -hmm. The Lord put on my heart and I just realized like I wasn't healthy, whether or not my body showed it, my mindset wasn't. Mm. And I was clinging to a smaller body, constantly thinking about restriction, yet 
healthy and freedom might mean gaining weight, but truly that is better than being enslaved. Like your body really is the least important thing about you. And when you are trying to maintain a certain body or trying to get a certain body, like we can all attest to it. It's exhausting. And I've also loved this idea of like, we don't actually realize what you have to do in order to get that body size that everyone wants. Yeah. Like that means no girls dinner. That means working out for at least two hours a day. That means striving and doing an exhaustion. And it's like, is that really what you want your life to be marked by? Or do you want to just enjoy the girls dinner and have fun? What's crazy is that it's not sustainable. And I think people don't realize that the rhythms that you're building in your singleness are going to have an impact on your marriage and on your life after kids. Because guess what? When you're postpartum and you have weight that you needed to gain to take care of your baby, when you have a belly that is sagging, that is like, okay, this belly just stretched out an extra, I don't know how many inches and you get to deal with that. Like if you didn't do the hard work of like actually creating balance in your life and not putting all your time and energy into just making yourself look good, then you're going to suffer for it later. So you just need to know that. Yeah, that's so good, Laura. I love it. Okay, I'm going to jump to number 19. Come on. Giving your time and your treasure away leads to abundance of joy. Gosh, I think this is something that I've actually kind of been learning a lot about differently, especially in a season where finances haven't been abundant as I've been launching a nonprofit and like in a season where I had to live in someone's back house for a few months as I built out this program. And what I've seen the Lord do is tap me in an area of like, hey, I want you to donate $500 to this. Mm. And I'm like, Lord, I didn't even make any money this month. Like, you want me to pull out of my savings? You're like, help it make sense. Yeah, help it make sense. But like, man, every time I listen to that voice or that tap or simple as like, send $100 to that girl. Like, send her a gift card because her clothes don't fit and go buy her a pair of jeans. Mm. And I'm just sitting here going, okay. And the amount of joy that follows is better than me keeping it for myself. Mm. Because I've always heard it said, money is the easiest thing for God to get. Is yeah. the easiest thing for God to flex in. And when we cling tightly to money, we end up miserable Mm -hmm. because it's often associated with fear of like, I need to keep this. I need to cling to this. And I've just seen abundance of giving away and joy and just realizing like the money I have isn't mine. It's not. And God's going to give and he's going to take and we get to just be stewards of that. But man, like if you felt that tap of giving, do it. It is so worth it, even in a season that's scary. And he always, I don't know, like I just feel like I hear all these stories, like he just does a twofold every time, whether that be, I don't know, just all these crazy stories I hear of like I was obedient and giving and God did this. And he just shows up like, he's not a God that's gonna ask you to make a big ask and then make you homeless. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, would you do that if that's what God was asking you to do? Yeah. I think too, there are so many unhealthy thoughts and teachings about giving right now there's health wealth and prosperity not to dog on anyone because i think the enemy has just done a work and like joel osteen for example i think there are probably people listening to this podcast and it's like hey you just have to be aware that there's some teachings there that aren't biblical that you just have to know like when you give to the church that doesn't mean god's going to give back to you tenfold the money that you gave and 
it is more blessed to give than to receive. Like that totally. is what the scriptures say. And Acts 2 paints this picture of the believers sharing everything they had, like none of it was their own. Mm. And there's just this element of like, do I trust that God's going to provide for me? And if I can trust that, then I am I am more open to being God's provision for someone else. Yeah, totally. So I love it. Okay. Fashion Pass is the best thing that has ever happened. Hey, uh, use my code, Nicoletta1. I'm actually a recent ambassador for them. Literally won't got to answer both prayers. Way to go, girl. You've been ambassading for them. How funny is ambassading? Like, that's 1,000% not a word, but you really have for, like, ever. I'm obsessed with their brand. They are the best clothing rental company in the entire world. And so, code Nicoletta1, $50 off. Hello. I love it. Okay, 21. Ask deep questions and lean in, even if people aren't used to it. Okay, I love this one because I would often feel really insecure that like I'm more deep and intentional than like the fun and really hilarious girl and would feel like, dang, like why can't I be more funny? Why can't I be more? And I'm silly and I'm goofy, but I'm definitely not like witty. And people would always joke like, oh my gosh, when you see Nicolette at a party, she's probably in a corner having like a deep conversation with a girl. And I just felt- It's true. It's true. It's true. (laughs) And I'd feel insecure about that at times. And I feel like just in the last few years, I've learned like, no, that's actually my superpower. It's good. That's how the Lord has designed me. And I think especially, I hate small talk. Like I hate it. It's a waste of my time. It's brutal, isn't it, It is so brutal. No one likes it. Why do we keep doing it? And it's like, you know, when you're at a birthday dinner and you're seated next to someone, it's like, what do you do for work? (laughs) And I'm sitting here like, hey, what's uh, what's going on in your heart? Like, how are you handling (laughs) this? What's your biggest sin struggle and how can you forward from it <laughs> literally but i'm like i'd rather talk about that than talk about those freaking weather yeah and so i feel like so often i've even got a lot of dms of like how do you ask deep questions yeah you're good at that we should do something about that and like, i'm like just ask them like don't be scared because really good intentional conversations come from it no but i think people want to know like what questions do i ask and how to not be weird because there is a way you can look at someone and, and like there there was a thing like <laughs> I've talked about this before. There was a girl who used to like just not know the right time for anything. And oh bless her, she's amazing. But like we're laughing and gallivanting along and she walks up to the conversation and says, how's your heart? And you're like, ah, like I want to crawl out of my skin. (laughs) No, you can read the room a little bit. You know what I mean? You can read the room. So it's not saying like be so intentional to the point where it's like you're not aware of what's going on (laughs) we i'd be like i want to crawl out of my skin right now because one i don't know you and two i'm not talking about my heart right now Come on, (laughs) like i'm talking about whatever party is happening so anyways there is there really is a balance and just wisdom but i think people want to know like what questions do i ask and how do i do that so we should actually do an episode i think quick high level is like start with someone's story like, tell me, like, where, like, tell Who me. Who are you? Yeah. I want to know you. What's your story? Yeah. That never goes wrong. Never goes wrong. And, like, then you can start building conversation and good questions off of that. Like, okay, tell me, like, a three-minute version of your story. Like, the highs and the lows of the last 10 years of your life. Yeah. And, like, okay, cool. I, I went through a breakup. I got a new job. And then it could be, like, okay, this breakup, how old were you? 25. Man, was that hard? Like, being 25 and single as a Christian? And then, boom. Okay, new job. Cool. Were you expecting that? Like, was that out of shock? How did you handle that? I don't know. It's not that hard. You just kind of got to, 
Like, it's, it's not that hard for you. I think some enough. people are like, okay, that's actually really helpful giving handholds like that. But here's what happens when you start like hearing someone's story, you're going to relate to something in it totally. or you're going to have more compassion. So I think like if we can turn on the active listening and stop thinking about what we're going to say or stop thinking yeah. about what they think of us, just like really actively listen and care about that person and, and, what would you want to be asked, you know? Exactly. And so, like, I think that is really helpful. Okay, 22, knowing God's character and believing what he thinks about me is the solution to all my problems. Okay, I will preach this from the freaking rooftop because Let's this go. is what Noble is all about is that I truly believe to my core that whatever you struggle with, whether that be body image, porn, addiction, insecurity, singleness, it's because you don't know who God is that he is kind, he is sovereign, he's in control, no good thing does he withhold, and you don't know what he says about you. I would agree with that. Because let's think about it. If you are struggling with singleness, you don't trust the Lord's timing, you don't trust that he's in control, and you're not believing most often that you are worthy of being chosen because then it's going down the cycle of like, what do I need to change? What do I need to do? You're not believing in what who God is and what he says about you, that you're beloved. I, I would caveat that one okay. because there's something to do with singleness and motherhood that like those two things specifically are very, very biblical of like God created you for this. Okay. So I think there is an ache that actually points to, and I just did a whole post on this, but there's an ache that actually points to the gospel that is to help you understand Romans 8, which says that creation groans waiting for the Savior. And I'm like, it's a similar situation where it's like, no, you were you were made for man. So there is a rightful like, okay, if you're hurting, knowing that like uh, something is missing here, that's okay. Yeah. But I think some of it, I think it's mixed in with discontentment and not totally. knowing who God says. But so anyways, that's my copy I mean, on this. Even like things. body image. Like, okay, if you don't believe in who God is, that he doesn't make mistakes, and then you hate what you see in the mirror, you're not believing that one, God is who he says he is, and two, that you don't believe in who he says you are. You're a masterpiece. True. And so, Love or it. addiction. It's, I mean, I could keep going, but that is like, truly, if you are struggling with something, take a step back and go, what lies am I believing about God and what mm. lies am I believing about myself? And that is your solution. Not the diet, not the boy, not the bottle, not the fill in the blank. That is the beginning to the solution of what you're struggling with. That's good. Uh, I love it. And I echo that. Okay. Number 23, include people always. Oh my gosh. I could go off the amount of times that people disclude other people. It's disgusting. It's so, it's the ugliest thing. Oh my gosh. And like, I get it. I did that in high school. And so I think I have a really sensitive spot for that girl. Like something that I'm really passionate about. It's like, if you're in a group of people and you see, you know, there's always like that one person that's in the circle quote unquote but like they're a foot back like i will literally separate the circle and say like you are coming in girlfriend because yes. the last thing i need whether you have anything to say or not you will not feel excluded from 100. this circle and like i hate cool i hate the crowds that are like yes and no maybe so with people i'm like they're people they are children of god like who do you think you are exactly to think you're better than this person because you have more instagram followers yeah. Who do you think you are to not invite her because she maybe doesn't dress the way that your friends do? I literally could go off. Yeah. I think we're both really passionate about exclusion. Like it's just not biblical. There's literally nothing in scripture that talks about this. And I think it comes down to like you're insecure and you're trying to fit in. Like yeah. you're trying to be part of this group. And I think I've posted about this before too, because people hurt when they see other invites and when they see that they weren't invited to X, Y, and Z and wait, why was that person invited? And I understand that feeling. And 
I became a mother and people acted like I dropped off the face of the earth. Some people did. And I'm like, wait, I would want to go to that. And so I think some of it is like we're just being thoughtless, but some of it is like being really insecure. Totally. But I think too, when you are really prayerful over like, God, who would you want me to invite? Who do you want me to include? And and help me to not be scared of it if it's going to take a little bit more work because yeah. we are also lazy. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do the work. We don't want it to be hard. But I think... I think including people is always the answer. Like, look for people to include, and you can't go wrong. Yeah, I love it. I feel like I can kind of clump 24 through 26, or honestly, 24 through 27, kind of all together, but just this idea of faithfulness over fame. Faithfulness is what makes you successful, not the number of followers on social media. Jesus is the ultimate social media manager, and Jesus is control of all social media algorithm algorithms. And I feel like what the Lord just taught me, especially as um, growing on social media, using social media as a platform, I just feel like the Lord has just taught me the benefit of inviting him in to what I post and literally going, God, I have this idea. What do you think? And basically it's so easy, especially with social media. Like I'm going to post this so that my reel can blow up and that I can gain a ton of followers rather than sitting with the Lord and going, Hey God, what do you think? Do you want me to post this? And it's those moments that make you successful, even when your reel gets zero views, because you might have 1 million views and you're not inviting Jesus in about any of it. And what I've realized also is that, and basically saying like, he's a great social media manager. I remember praying through like the beginning of noble beginning of social media stuff. And I felt like I just heard the Lord tap. Like I'm a good social media manager, invite me in. Mm, And I'm also in control of the algorithm. And so often we think like, you know, there's so many reels blowing up of like the reels and the catchy things and the catchy songs and the catchy captions. And I totally fall prey to that. I mean, I literally texted Lori yesterday. of like, Hey, what do you think of this thing? Like, is that something that makes sense or whatever? But what I'm realizing the Lord is like, do you not realize that if I want something to be put in front of somebody, they will? Like, do you not realize that you actually have no power? And invite me in. Like, I will guide, yeah. and like Psalm 23, I will guide you in paths of righteousness. And I love that I've been sitting in that lately of like, he will guide you in the right path. If the Lord wants you to have 1 trillion followers on Instagram, he will. If yeah. he doesn't, he won't. Yeah. But yeah. also, it's so much sweeter to surrender than to take control. Yeah. And I think there is probably a wrestle in a lot of people because social media is so prevalent now. And like if people considered it, even if you're not like in that world, like you, you may have considered it once or twice. Like, should I do this? Yeah. Dang, people are making freaking money off of this. Like, should I? Yeah. <laughs> They're paying that they have this perfect life. And right now the whole trend is like, quit your nine to five and you know be online and travel work from anywhere and it's like people are painting this unrealistic picture of like what everyone else can do and so anyways i think i think in this space there can be like we don't need to vastly vacillate between saying hey you can't have any strategy because god does give us minds like and we've been given the mind of christ and i was reading the word strategic is in scripture in the version that i was reading today and i'm like wow that's really cool. And I think like there is a difference though. And and you might need to assess like whether you're towing the line of like, am I using strategy and ultimately trusting God? Or am I trying to make something happen that God is saying not now? Yeah. Or am I trying to control? And you don't have to be thoughtless and careless. This, is, this applies to so many things in life, like in dating and fitness and all that stuff. You don't just have to sit back and be like, well, God can make me skinny if he wants to. And I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm not going to like eat well, but God can make me skinny. Like, 
No. no. Like there is wisdom and God, you can trust God through the process of like, okay, here are some like, I've laid the foundations of the earth with wisdom. You can use these wisdom principles and there it's going to go well for you. And so I think with that same principle, there are things like, a business like can thrive when it has strategic direction. Totally. Can a business thrive without strategic direction? Absolutely. Do I have a posting schedule? No, I don't. I do not have a posting schedule. I do not have a content calendar and my social media is doing better than it ever has. And so I think there is something to like knowing there is strategy and there is also like, let God do what he's going to do and, and let go. Take a deep breath because you're okay. And you don't want something God doesn't want for you and you don't want it a second sooner than he has it for you. Mm, that's so good. Good. We're almost done, y'all. But I think, once again, kind of clumped two together. But number 28 and 29 are God speaks when you get quiet and knowing your true identity changes your life. And I think what I've experienced is just we often ask, how do I hear God's voice? Yeah. And it comes when you get quiet. Like you hear, I think it's Isaiah where you you hear the sound, right? Is it like where you yeah, hear the, yeah. the thunderstorm, the wind, and then it's the small whisper. I, I don't remember where it is, but I know what you're talking about. Oh, well, don't. Don't I think it's me. in the I think it's in the Kings, isn't it? You like you'll hear a voice. Oh, it's in Isaiah as well. Like you'll hear a voice. Yeah. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, we need to we need to brush up on that. Up. We'll look it up. Come Y'all on. can hold our feet to the fire. Come on. And so I think what's changed my life is like he speaks when we're quiet, but we don't get quiet in our culture. We're running around constantly on social media. If there is something quiet, we start to scroll. So we miss out on the opportunity for God to speak life into us. And so what that has allowed those quiet spaces is that he has allowed me to hear what he thinks about me. Mm. He's allowed, he has whispered truth into my heart, into my soul of my true identity of who Nicoletta is apart from noble, call her holy, what people think on, see on Instagram or who they know, like who do you say that I am? And when you actually hear the Lord speak life identity into you, that changes everything. Mm, that's good. Yeah, I think we don't get quiet enough. That's that's really good. You mentioned earlier that there there is a book that you are reading on how to hear God's voice. What was the book? Yeah, one that's really powerful is Living Fearless by Jamie Winship. And that is like, you literally ask a question and you sit in silence and you listen and you wait for God to speak. I love and it. And that is so powerful. Yeah, I love it. One thing that is, I think, important when it comes to this is realizing that you also need to be informing your mind with God's word or you will not be able to hear God's voice. Like you can hear God's voice and and it's okay if you don't hear God's voice in like little small whispers or nudges, but like you cannot expect to hear God's voice and know for sure that's him if you're not saturating yourself in his word and surrounding yourself with his people. Totally. Like just, just hang it up. Like don't expect that until you're doing that. So come on and literally let me just say this one more time no shame if you like hear these stories of like okay well Nicoletta's story with Noble like she heard this very clearly and I don't hear God like that you're okay God speaks to different people in different ways you have his word you have his spirit if you have trusted that Jesus died and was raised alive again and you do not need to feel like a junior varsity Christian for any reason come on okay Nico the last thing that you said is that prayer walks will change your life yeah I mean, truly. It's kind of the same thing, right? Just it really is. I mean, quiet. how I heard the Lord speak the most clearly is I'd put headphones. And this is actually, this started in January of 2023. I did a 30-day prayer walk challenge, or maybe it was 40 days. I don't know. Every day, I went on a mile walk. I put headphones in, leave my phone at my house. For a mile, I would walk, and I would talk out loud as if I was on the phone, just talking with God. And it's a 20 minutes. I was walking slow. 
or I mean, if you're balls of the wall, you can go 15 minutes. It changed my life. I heard God speak in ways I've never heard him speak. And it's crazy. I actually was in Chicago last weekend or a couple weekends ago, whatever. And I met a girl who was like, you know, what's changed my life recently. I started going on prayer walks, put headphones in and left my phone at the house. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. And so if you're sitting here kind of going back to what we just said of how do I hear God's voice? Try it. Go on a walk, put headphones in, leave your phone at home, start asking the Lord questions and walk in silence and have a conversation. Hey Lord, what do you want me to know about singleness today? And listen. And then after that, what do you want me to do? And listen. Those are the two questions that have radically changed my prayer walk. That's so good. So much of this stuff is just being countercultural. Like you are not your body. Like you are so much more. I heard like God really is kind and he's got your future. God's in control of your success wear your ruffles be yourself and i also heard just get still before the lord in a culture that demands that you work harder do more and hustle like get still and let that go if it means getting with jesus come on y'all thank you for listening to the things that god has taught me in 31 for the single girl that might be listening to this whether you're 22 31 as well or even older like god's kind I hope you truly believe that because it's changed my life. I love it. Happy late birthday, girl. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.